0: This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host Scott Walker.
1: Right now, that time eight twenty-three. Again, you're listening to WGNS on this morning's program. We're going to touch a variety of topics, including homelessness and traveling by train. Train hoppers, I'm sure you've heard stories of train hoppers did you know they're still be bought they're doing that still folks traveling across the country by way of rail uh, not talking amtrak here i'm talking hopping from train to train boxcar to boxcar we'll tell you all about it this morning in just a second again the time 8:24. let's check on that traffic
2: situation first Good morning. It's very slow. 24 westbound as you leave Rutherford County headed towards Nashville. Why? Because of rubbernecking due to a crash on 24 eastbound at Harding Place. That's just aggravating all that traffic in the westbound lanes. Again, it's just pure rubbernecking on 24 westbound right now at Harding Place. That's why it's extremely slow leaving Rutherford County headed towards Nashville. Nash Painting Services all the middle Tennessee. Check them out at NashPainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic.
1: out of town one weekend I ran into a man who once attended the Berklee School of Music not too long after that he decided to hit the road eventually traveling from city to city state to state he traveled by way of train No, not by Amtrak or by buying train tickets and traveling the country by track that way, but instead, literally hopping from train to train. Something that you don't hear a whole lot about these days. Years and years ago, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, even into the 70s, you would hear about people who were train hoppers. In fact, that was their nickname, the train hoppers. Some referred to them as bums. Some called them gypsies, some just homeless. But the name they preferred was train hoppers. Because they didn't see themselves in the same light as everyone else on the outside did. They saw themselves as travelers who wanted to see the country.
3: I went to Berkeley in Boston um, after high school and then I moved back to Pennsylvania to try to get a band and. You know do all that sort of thing and try to get a job and you know have an apartment and balance the band and the job and I just could never find a fit you know just couldn't make it work and I just was unsatisfied and I got into trouble and uh, started doing drugs and What kind of drugs did you do? Oh I did heroin for a good bit um, but I haven't touched it since I've been traveling. Um, see I was just unhappy, you know, I just staying in one place and I was always felt. So I moved to California uh, and thought it'd be easier to have a band and all that out there and do those things. And I found out, well, it's even more expensive and harder to balance those things out there. Um, so then I met some travelers down in San Diego in Ocean Beach and uh, we took off and we went uh, to my first rainbow gathering um, in the... Outside of Bakersfield, California.
4: That's where they originally started, didn't it?
3: Yeah, Oregon. Well, oh, okay. the north northwest <laughs> California.
4: So what was that like?
3: Oh, uh, it was cool. It's it's just a bunch of dirty kids hang, hanging out in the woods. build We build our own fires. Uh, well build our own stoves out of rocks and logs and things like that. Cook our own food on fires and stuff like that. Big kitchens. I'm talking like feeding. You know hundreds of people, all free. But anyway, so then I left from there and I thought, well, this is my life now. So, um, and I just gradually, I, I left California and I went, I saw the Grateful Dead in Los Angeles. And then I'm headed back east, went to Quartzsite, Arizona, and then. Where did I go? I went through Quartzsite and then I got a van and we went to New Orleans. And from New Orleans, I went over to Florida, down around for about a good month. Just hitching all around Florida. I had some family there. I went and visited. Then I met my friend, Hody, uh, who took me on my first freight train from Jacksonville to Pensacola. 16 hours on a train in a gondola, which is like a scrapper. You know, they haul scrap metal in.
4: So they do they have a top on them?
3: No, no top. And it rained.
4: <laughs> what was that like?
3: Wet. <laughs> but it was cool. I, I I didn't want to move. But Hody got out. The train stopped. and. Hody got out and he went and sat in the unit. Uh, he stayed dry and I'm like, tough it out. <laughs> so I did and then we got off and then I went to Austin, Texas. Well, back to New Orleans, because every time you're on the 10 or the low line, you got to go through NOLA. And it's a good place to hang out for a couple days.
1: The interesting thing about hopping from train to train is that it's done all over the world, not just in the US. In fact, in Mexico, it's estimated that annually, 400,000 to 500,000 migrants, the majority of whom are from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, hop on freight trains in an effort to reach the United States. Few do, but some actually make it.
3: Then I went up to Austin, Texas, and got a ride with my friend back here to Alabama, down around Selma to another rainbow gathering out in the woods there. And there I went up, back up. I caught a ride with my friend's mom (laughs) back north to Louisville, yeah. From Louisville, I hitched east back home and visited my parents in Pennsylvania. Man, I did so much stuff. (laughs) It's hard to remember it all.
4: So how old are you today? 32. Okay. Yeah.
3: So what's the plan next or uh oh I'm or headed, in the
4: future?
3: I'm headed back down to Florida to see my uncle. I was out west for a while after the summer I spent on the east on the east coast up in Vermont and Pennsylvania and Connecticut and New York State. I was all over the place. And then um, then I hitched back out west towards the end of the summer. And that's when I really started riding trains on the on the West Coast because it's a lot easier out there because there's there's less lines, you know. It's it's pretty much like this and like there's only a few you can take. But I got to ride some really cool ones. I got to ride along Route 66, which is well, there's a train line that goes on. It's Old Santa Fe, BNSF runs it now. But I rode that on Thanksgiving. I got I rode I got on in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I rode all the way through to uh, I got to Needles in the morning and it was Thanksgiving. I got off the train and I needed a break and I'm down to find me some Thanksgiving dinner and sure enough I found this old hippie and he said, Hey man, you hungry? There's this, you know, like one of the hippie churches around, you know, biker churches, whatnot. So we went there and uh, ate some good homemade food. and. Got back on the train and, uh, and then I rode through on all the way to LA. So I made it from Albuquerque to Los Angeles in less than 36 hours.
4: So did you ever run into any craziness on the train? I always hear stories of fights, people losing limbs on the train.
3: Um, no but I, I have met um, some people or some less savory characters. Uh, I, travel, I, I normally travel alone so I avoid that kind of thing. People that get into that are usually younger, um, and they're drunk. <laughs> a lot of trained kids are alcoholics. Um, they need a wake-up in the morning. I, This is my wake-up. Uh, I enjoy beer and you know drinking and stuff like that, but... Not in the morning? No.
4: <laughs> so what about the guitar? You said you played guitar good. Mm-hmm. When did you first start playing guitar?
3: I was about seven years old.
4: And then you went to the Berkeley School of Music? Yeah, I played
3: in bands. I, I started my first band when I was 12. Um, and we played around, like, the youth scene in my yeah. area, in central Pennsylvania. We were pretty good, like, getting well-known. And then, you know, we got to high school and, you know, things, we all kind of went our separate ways. And I played with other people the whole time, but then I went to Boston and...
4: Didn't Berkeley kind of hard to get into?
3: No they they didn't have a they don't have really auditions. Um, huh. It's kind of like like weeded out, you know. I only went for 2 years. I didn't graduate, how which did is you, the quid pro quo of most Berkeley alumni. Nobody really graduates from <laughs> there.
4: How did you feel about somebody suggesting music should be this way or that way versus how you feel it should be being at Berkeley?
3: Um, well, Berkeley was pretty cool. Like they they didn't really try to box you in. It's not like other university music programs where you have to learn, you know, this flamenco piece or you have to learn this. It was a jazz school, so we were encouraged to compose our own. Like that was actually part of our assignments, where we would we would learn a a, a particular part of music, like a thing about a motif, create our own, um, okay. based on you know this idea. So, so it's really helpful. So what's the book here? Uh, this is, uh, I just picked this up. Spies of the Balkans. I don't know. I just picked it up at a, This one looked interesting to me.
4: So no personal <laughs> significance here. No. Just a book. Yeah. What yeah. What about the uh, upside down American flag on your jacket?
3: Oh, you saw that. Not too many people do. Oh yeah. Well, this one uh, somebody gave this to me. A homebunk gave this to me in El Paso, and I. Uh, I didn't want to wear it, I'm not a vet or anything. So I wanted to put it someplace inconspicuous because I love this country, you know, um, but just not what it's become. So that's why I wear it upside down um, and all my lowness because...
4: And you got the old school Led Zeppelin on the back? Oh yeah,
3: that was the first patch that, well this actually, for Dead, was the first patch that I put on. But that was the second.
1: You know, it's interesting in life, we're always told not to talk to strangers. At least as kids, we're told not to talk to strangers. But in reality, it's the strangers that really help us grow and better understand each other. And strangers are the ones who allow us to kind of take a step back and realize that those who may be struggling out there may not be the people we think they are. As an example, this man who I ran across in Selmer, Alabama, looked like somebody who most of us would cross the street to walk on the opposite sidewalk just to avoid. While that may sound bad to say, there's a lot of truth in that. In fact, if you just sit back and observe others in a busy setting at places like the downtown Murfreesboro Square or head to Nashville any day of the week and just sit back and watch people pass you by. Watch how some react to others and watch how many avoid looking up and making eye contact with those who they pass. I'm Scott Walker and we've got more for you coming up on this Tuesday morning.
0: The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at
2: WGNSRadio.com. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant. With cold and flu season here... Nothing helps my family more than having the Demas' baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick, or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant.
1: We are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, supplying power to the Good neighbor Station in downtown Murfreesboro and Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. Let's now check on that forecast. We'll see periods of showers and thunderstorms here for this afternoon with cloudy skies a high in the mid-70s.
2: Tonight chance for showers and storms, cloudy alone here 58. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69.
5: If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.
1: In this next interview, we talked to a man named Lorenzo. I ran into him in Birmingham, Alabama, where he's lived on the streets since age 11. And I'm sure most of those out there listening have always heard, be careful what you ask for when in prayer, because you never know what you'll end up getting and what will be given to you as a lesson, as a means to help you better understand something or a situation. Now, while this case may be a little on the extreme side, what you're going to hear is that this man who's been homeless since age 11, and now he's well up into his 50s, if not 60s, is that he believes he became homeless at age 11, a few years after his mom died when he was six years old, all because of one day when he was out shopping with his mother, he looked at her to ask a question about those who were covered in blankets laying on the street. His mom explained to him that they were homeless and that often those who are homeless are in that situation because they burn bridges at home with their parents.
4: All right, Lorenzo, so you were telling me you've been homeless since about age 11. Right. So what happened? It wasn't about
6: like choice or uh, breaking bridges and things like they're taken from the house or anything like that. It's because I asked two questions one day. One was to my mom, or she, Died, and the other one was to God. On Saturdays, me and my mama used to have like a son and mother's day. She used to bring me down to town shopping. And this one particular set was cold, just like December, but it was ice, ice cold. Never will forget it. And we going down on 4th Avenue, downtown Birmingham, passed by this building. And i was walking, like I said, I always have been a curious type of person. And I looked over there by this building, and there go a group of people laying down on the ground with a couple on them. my and me and my mom were walking, I stopped her. I said, Mom, Mom, can I ask you a question? She turned around, she looked at me, she said, What's on? I said, um, What are these people laying down on the ground with a couple on them? So she turned around and looked at them, and then turned around and looked at me and smiled at me. So I ain't thinking nothing of it. She said, uh, well, son, to be honest with you, these are folks that we call homeless. Scratch my hands. Homeless? She said, yeah, these are people that broke bridges, everything, and I said, what you mean about bridges? Well, they don't from the house uh, and tough from their folks, so they folks Stella put them in jail. They just banned them away from the house for life. I said, okay. She said, some can go back home because they didn't break no prison. And some can't. I said, okay. Okay. So when my mama got sick, she passed on. And she died on her deathbed in my arm. And this one particular said, uh, I go by the same building. No, we'll forget it. The same building and folks still laying out there on the ground. So I can't ask for more. So I went to God with it. I looked up in the sky. I said, "Well, Lord, I wonder what these people go through every day. I or mean, uh, taking care of their personal hygiene, having food, or having a little bit of money in their pockets." Two, three weeks later. Came to me said, "Well, son, you want to know real bad. What do you folks of the shall be it? That's the reason I'm out here. And I've been out here ever since, like I said, the age of 11, and I'm still
4: out here. So you've been out here since your mom passed away in your arms. Yeah. How old were you when your mom passed away? 11.
6: I was six years old when okay. she passed away. But I've been out, here, I've been out here on these streets ever since the age of 11.
1: Again, Lorenzo, who I ran across in Alabama, has been living on the streets since age 11, and he ties it all back to the day that his mom passed away and prior to that, a question that he asked his mother when they were out shopping one day about those who he saw covered in blankets laying on the street. She then explained to him that Lorenzo was looking at a group of homeless men and women who became homeless because they burned bridges while at home. Again, you never know what someone else is going through or the battles that that person has faced. In this case, Lorenzo, who lives in Birmingham, Alabama, wholeheartedly believes that he is homeless and has been since age 11 because he asked his mother questions about homelessness while she was still living when him and his mom were out shopping, which would have been just before he turned six years old.
3: When a cold comes on strong, knock it out with Vicks Dayquil Severe for max strength daytime relief. Just one dose of Vicks Dayquil Severe starts to relieve nine of your worst cold and flu symptoms to help take you from nine to none. Power through your day with Vicks Dayquil Severe, the daytime non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, nine to none medicine. Use as directed.
1: What you've heard about probiotics is probably wrong. I eat yogurt, so I don't
4: need to take a probiotic. Uh, Probiotics? They don't really work.
3: It's time to learn the truth about probiotics and join the Align Healthy Gut Team-Up. Align has probiotics to naturally help relieve occasional bloating, gas, and abdominal discomfort. Try Align Probiotics for a month and see how great a healthy gut can feel. Get $2 off your first month of Align at alignprobiotics.com.
0: The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
1: We have got more to come your way, including a look at what happened to Damar Hamlin, the NFL player who suffered from a cardiac arrest during last night's game. We'll give you the latest on that and how a fundraiser that he started two years ago is all of a sudden gaining major traction we'll give you more details about that and more in just a second also we're going to dive into a song a lot of you refer it to as you should have seen it in color although the song is called in color but we're going to head to that and uh, learn more about it and one of the writers talks to us about writing that song That all comes your way in just a second. Again, you're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. Today is the 3rd of January, 2023. Again, we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. We'll see periods of showers. Here for this afternoon with cloudy skies a high in the mid-70s. Tonight chance for showers and storms, cloudy alone here fifty-eight. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojciecki on news radio WGNS. Currently it's 69. Welcome back on this Tuesday morning to the WGNS Action Line. Today, January the third, twenty twenty-three. Hard to keep remembering it's 2023. Already a new year. In this segment, we're going to go back to an interview that I did a couple of years back with a songwriter and composer who helped with some of the songs that were on Jamie Johnson's album from 2008 that had the feature song on it In Color that many referred to as You Should Have Seen It In Color. We actually ran into Wade Battle at a place called Hippie Hill that was shut down several years ago, but he was out there writing more songs. So tell me a little bit about your life.
5: Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a son of a Baptist minister. I started playing honky tonks when I was 14 years old. I was married with a child at 19. I was married for 18 years, and I've uh, got two kids. I played honky-tonks all my life. I went moved to Nashville from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I wrote a lot, and uh, I had a, a lot of record deals and stuff, but then after years of being on the road and I couldn't get anything to happen, I hooked up with a guy named Jamie Johnson. And we started writing songs, and I ended up producing him, playing guitar for him on the albums, you know, writing stuff with him. and. Uh, Singing backgrounds, doing everything, road managing, band leader. I did that for seven years, and uh, we were lucky we had uh, the ACM CMA song of the year uh, called In Color. Like,
6: death, like a couple of kids just trying to save each other, you should have seen it in color.
5: That was an awesome thing. Just glad, you know, my girls and go to college. because here was overseas in the middle of hell in
6: 1943 in the winter time. You can almost see my breath. That was
5: my t- we sold a lot of albums. We had the song. We had the, the first record was the lonesome song. Uh, I wrote that final track too, and some other stuff. I took
6: a trip across the country from Montgomery. Discovered I've been wrong for so long
5: We sold, uh, I guess to date, we probably sold four, four points on me million on that right now. But you can't see what those shades of
6: bricky cover You should have seen
1: Just a couple of years ago, Wade Battle appeared with John Snyder, who was Beau Duke on The Dukes of Hazzard, to sing a few songs with CCM Magazine, which is the Christian Music News and Videos magazine. Battle was also interviewed by SavingCountryMusic.com, where he talked about his last name of Battle being the perfect last name for him. And in that article, he talked about feeling as if he were eternally situated between sin and redemption, rich and poor, sauced and sober, successful and forgotten. Battle, who is a Tuscaloosa native, has been writing for BMG Nashville for many years and also working the side stage and on top of that, singing in local country venues all throughout Middle Tennessee and Nashville, of course, for even more. You can find out more about Wade Battle simply by Googling his name, where you'll find interviews where he talks about life being full of inspiration, meaning both the downs and the ups are times for singers and, of course, writers to be inspired. You're tuned in to The Action Line on this Tuesday morning. I'm Scott Walker, and we will have more for you in just a minute.
2: good morning several cars up against the wall out here on 24 westbound it's going to be out here in Antioch uh, near OHB. All that traffic trying to get in through Laverne, Smyrna right now coming in from Rutherford County. It's been a while down here with that earlier right 24 eastbound at Harding Place that still has traffic extra slow in both directions there on the interstate especially eastbound where the crash occurred there on 24 east at Harding Place. We're looking at it live right now it's just crawling along. Nash Painting Services all in Middle Tennessee. Check them out nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic.
1: This is Sean Brown at Tire World on
4: Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business we're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs download our tire world app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons come by today for all of your automotive needs online at tireworld.us
0: the action line on fm 101.9 and am 1450 murfreesboro fm 100.5 smyrna and streaming at wgnsradio.com
1: time right now 8 50 again broadcasting from the middle tennessee electric studios well we'll bring you up to date in just a second here on the nfl player who was seriously injured during last night's game he suffered from a cardiac arrest during a football game last night and again we'll bring you up to date on that in just a second but first some of the local news stories a recall of gas ranges has been announced after the Z-Line model was found to possibly impose the risk of serious injury or death by carbon monoxide poisoning. Now this recall involves the oven compartment of the Z-Line gas ranges with certain model numbers on them having issue. And the Consumer Product Safety Commission reports that the oven of the gas ranges can emit dangerous levels of carbon monoxide while in use, posing a serious risk of injury or death from carbon monoxide poisoning. According to the commission, the remedy to the hazard can be fixed by it being repaired. Evidently, the recall impacts some 28,000 units, some of which are believed to have been sold to homeowners in Middle Tennessee. Now, at this point, 44 reports of carbon monoxide emission, including three reports of consumers seeking medical attention, have been confirmed. The units in question were sold at places like Best Buy, Lowe's, Home Depot, just to name a few. Evidently, the ranges were sold in various door colors, so if you have one of these ranges, or if you think you may, head to the WGNS website, wgnsradio.com, to get exact details to find out if your range is one of the many that has been recalled. Again, some 28,000 are within this recall. It is a Z-Line model range. It's a gas oven and stovetop. Again, get more details about it on our website at wgnsradio.com. Well, the Discovery Center, a local children's museum, is holding a special event for kids on Saturday, January 21st. Families will enter the Nick Parks colorful characters known as Wallace and Gromit park is the creator of the animation that is seen on both film and television. Visitors will have the opportunity to step into the popular North England home of cheese-loving inventor Wallace and his loyal and intelligent dog Gromit. In Wallace's world, inventions and contraptions often go terribly but hilariously wrong, providing a natural opportunity to explore themes around problem-solving and resilience. Again, this is a special new exhibit that has been opened, or will be open, I should say, on January 21st at the Discovery Center located on Broad Street right here in the borough. Now, the Discovery Center at Murphy Spring is a hands-on environmental, cultural, and educational museum in the heart of Middle Tennessee. More than 120,000 children and families visit the museum annually, exploring exhibits and participating in programs that promote STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math through education. Again, you can learn more about that on WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.54. More news coming up. The Action
0: Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome
1: back on Tuesday to the WGNS Action Line. A quick check on that forecast. Today, the high is going to reach about 73 degrees. Winds from the south at 10 to 15 miles per hour. The chance of rain throughout the day, 95%. Then tonight, the low will go down to 58 degrees with scattered thunderstorms likely, otherwise cloudy skies expected tonight. Low again, 58 with winds between eight and 15 miles per hour. For Wednesday, that's tomorrow, a high of 62 degrees, chance of scattered storms early Wednesday morning, otherwise clearing skies with a high again at 62 and winds between eight and 15 miles per hour tomorrow, Wednesday. For Thursday, the high will reach 51 under partly sunny skies. Thursday night, low down to 30. Friday, high of 49 degrees, so a little colder on Friday, low Friday night down to 32 under partly sunny skies. Then Saturday, the day of the polar bear plunge at the Sportscom Outdoor Pool in Murfreesboro. The high will reach 53, again that Saturday, low down to 39 degrees with a 25% chance of rain on Saturday under partly cloudy skies. For Sunday, high reaches 51, low Sunday night down to 34 degrees, chance of rain on Sunday is at 25%. And now back to the news of the day. We are currently following the story in regards to last night's incident at the NFL football game regarding the Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin. Information is much more concrete, and doctors say that he suffered a cardiac arrest on the football field after collapsing in the first quarter of the Monday night football game against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Hamlin was only 24 years of age when he suffered from that cardiac arrest on the field again last night. Whenever the collapse occurred, Cincinnati was leading 7-3 when Hamlin tackled Bengals wide receiver Trey Higgins. He stood up then fell over on his back it was all seen on live tv after paramedics and crews worked on him on the field for about 15 minutes he was then rushed to the hospital and again he remains hospitalized today some of the news stories that have since been reported a toy drive that hamlin started about two years ago has suddenly taken on new interest by fans for this story we head to cbs news correspondent deborah rodriguez
2: Fans have donated more than $3 million online to a GoFundMe page Hamlin created two Christmases ago to buy toys for children in his native Pittsburgh.
3: What's up? It's Lamar Hamlin. Back at the hometown, back at the crib. The third annual toy drive, man. We're doing it for the kids. Having a good time, man. So let's get back to it. That
2: page had received about $3,000 in its two-year span until last night's tragic turn of events. In the single hour after Hamlin's collapse, it brought in almost $700,000. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Some of the fans
1: at the game where Hamlin was injured had this to say. It was about
5: a 45-minute wait. And it's just, I, I knew it was, it was going downhill.
1: And I'm glad the game got called. Everything got dead silent. Uh, even the Bengals fans, you know, you don't want to see anything like that. Uh, certainly praying for uh,
5: Hamlin's family. I saw it was bad. The whole team was on the field. I ain't never seen nothing like that. We all realize that we ain't never seen nothing like that
6: in our life. The stadium was very quiet. Like, it was quiet. Just didn't feel, it didn't didn't feel like a football atmosphere.
1: And now taking a look at what some of the announcers had to say about the incident that occurred to Hamlin last night. Here is ESPN play-by-play announcer Joe Buck. They have been administering CPR through these past two breaks that we've taken, DeMar Hamlin has been down for over nine minutes now. During the break, we watched Sean McDermott call his team over and say, we're going to say a prayer. We're going to say a prayer for DeMar. And went from wondering what was going on
0: to wondering about head injury to then
1: them frantically administering CPR to this 24-year-old safety. And sideline reporter for ESPN, Lisa Salters.
4: Medical personnel have been working on Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, for the last nine minutes. Hamlin made a hit. He got up, took a couple of steps, and then just fell to the ground. We don't know, of course, the extent of his injuries, but the entire Bill's team is out on the field right now. Several players are down on their knees. Other players are holding hands, praying. You can just see the worried looks. Uh, on their faces after Hamlin was taken away by ambulance the Bills players just came to their sideline and they just looked devastated some players just sat staring out of the field other players were hugging each other other guys were openly weeping
1: Again, taking a brief look at what occurred last night during the NFL football game involving Hamlin, a 24-year-old player for the Buffalo Bills, who suffered from cardiac arrest last night on the football field. CBS News reporter Christopher Cruz stated... In a tweet, the Bills said Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest after a tackle.
0: He was given CPR on the field and his heartbeat was restored. An ambulance came onto the field and took him to the hospital where he was sedated. He's in critical condition. The game was indefinitely postponed.
1: As we close out this section of the news on this Tuesday morning, Hamlin, age 24, suffered from cardiac arrest, according to the Buffalo Bills, in a statement that was released early this morning after collapsing on the field his heartbeat was restored he was then transferred to the uc medical center for further testing and for extensive treatment uc medical center is the university of cincinnati's level one trauma center which again is where hamlin age 24 is being held you're tuned in to the wgns action line again on this tuesday morning stay with us we do have more news and information coming up